This series that we've been looking at together from the book of Colossians. It's one of those things that has been, in a sense, it's things that are easy to talk about, but so hard when it comes to reality. It's easy to talk about the love of God, but then to put it into practice is difficult sometimes. It's easy to talk about compassion and, and gentleness, goodness, and so on. Difficult sometimes, and today is no exception. Something that would be easy for us to talk about in some ways, but so hard when we need to put it into practice. How many of you would say that generally you, you're kind of calm and, you know, you don't worry about too many things? I mean, all of us, there are times, right? There are times in life. But today we're going to talk about the peace of God. And it's one of those things that's really, it's easy to talk about until situations come. Well, then that's when you really find out, I guess. You go to the doctor, routine, or let me take it back a stage. Maybe you're having a shower or something, or you're... You just notice there's, there's, a, there's a lump that's come where it shouldn't be. Well, it's a bit hard under the skin. And you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hmm, well, I think, I think we better send you for an x-ray. Probably nothing, but better be sure. In those moments, you begin to realize whether you have the peace of God or not, right? Or you're at work and then your boss comes and calls you into the office and says, David, thank you so much, uh, but I'm sorry, there's some reorganization and we're going to have to let you go. And you, you suddenly think, well, what about the bills and, the, and I haven't really got much savings and what am I going to do? How quickly can I find another job and what's going to happen if I can't find one quickly and it's easy in those moments to talk about the peace of God, but to have the peace of God, it's not so easy. Or maybe you, you fall out with a friend. I don't know why you get into an argument. They're a Man City supporter, you're a Watford fan. You stop talking to one another because he's got that smug look on his face. Whatever. And you long to somehow fix it and be reconciled, but I don't know. They've got to make the first move, surely. And there's that unease, and you wake up and you go to bed thinking about them. It's easy to talk about the peace of God. But when life, when life is full of stress, when life is life, Sometimes the peace of God is so elusive. And in those moments, often believers come up to you and say, you know, I'm going to pray for you. Just pray that the peace of God will fall upon you. And it's really no good at all, is it? Because it's one of those things that none of us like to feel stressed. None of us like to feel anxious. None of us like to be in those situations where we even need to have that peace 
in our lives, and somehow it just seems elusive when we need it the most. Colossians 3, it said, therefore, as God's chosen people, this is how we live in the way that God wants us to live. Clothe yourself, put on compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We've looked at those. And not only that, so that we can connect to God in the way that we should, we have to bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then, over all these virtues, we looked at last week, we've got to put on love, agape kind of love, the love that only comes, sacrificial love from God Himself, which binds all those rest of those characteristics in unity. And then it says then, after you've done that, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I'm going to ask two questions this morning. Firstly, well, what is the peace of Christ? It's already well the word saying, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. But what, what is the peace of Christ that we're really talking about? And secondly, how then do I let it rule in my heart? When I want it the most, the peace seems to disappear. So how, how, when I need the peace of Christ the most, can I allow it to have that leadership, that rule in my heart? And rule actually means, we'll come on to this later, but it, it really means, in the Greek, it means to referee, to umpire. Yesterday in the final, you know, the, the referee goes around with those yellow and red little cards in his pocket. And he makes sure that the game is played the way it should be played, right? When there's a foul, blows his whistle. Wait, come here. And they all try and wander away. They're like teenagers, aren't they? And they start staring up. What, me? Can't mean me. I'm innocent. You know, every time the ball goes out for a throw in, everybody on the whole pitch puts their hands up thinking that it's got to be their throw. It's kind of obvious who's kicked it out most times, but they all claim it. The referee is the one that makes the decisions, that guides the game, that provides the parameters. And it says that's, that's, how we, that's what it means to let it rule in our hearts. It, it's there as that guide and that. Well, how do we do that? Well, let's look at these. What is the peace of Christ, first of all? Well, first of all, it comes from God through Christ. The peace of Christ it's Christ's. It's His. That's what Colossians says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And therefore it comes from Him. And earlier on in Colossians, in chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, it says, For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in Him, in Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he brought peace as a living reality into all things. So it's through God or from God through Christ. So that the peace that we're talking about is, is a different kind of peace to the peace that is accessible through the world. God is the source of peace. 
And it came through Christ when he died on the cross and reconciled the whole world, brought the whole world back into right relationship again, making peace through his blood. That's what it cost him. That's what we remember when we have communion and we break bread and drink the cup. It comes from God through Christ. But it also, it's a gift from God. Jesus said, it's his peace. Therefore, it's my peace I give, leave with you. My peace I give to you. In John 14, 27. It comes from him. It's a gift to him. When he was there with his disciples, he says, I'm going to give you this gift of peace. So it's like if, if I was to, to give you something today, I don't know, if I open up my wallet, and well, that wouldn't be much use, but if I went to the bank first, got a load of cash out, I could just start handing out money, right? It's not going to happen, so don't get excited. But I could, right? particularly at the start of the month, when there's something in there. You go, I'm all, I, this is a gift to you, right? Harry, you're so awesome on the keyboard, I'm going to give you a gift. Here's 100 pounds. Boom. Right? Now, Harry, what, what, you has a choice. He can say, oh, no, positive. no, 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 no. I'm loaded. I don't need that. Thanks very much. Nice, nice offer. Don't need it. You need it more than I. Thank you very much. That's probably what he would say. Or he could say, Pastor David, thank you so much. Everybody, Nando's is on me, right? Whatever, right? It's a gift. You have a choice then to take it or, or leave it. But the disciples had that choice. When Jesus said these words, I'm going to give you a gift, my peace, I'm going to give it to you. They had that choice. Do I take it or do I leave it? And it's the same for you and me. It's a gift that comes from God. And the beautiful thing about a gift is what? No strings attached. It's not, I'm going to give you a hundred quid, but you have to promise you're going to play the piano for the next 55 years of your life every Sunday here at the church. Otherwise, you're not having it. That's not a gift, is it? That's a contract. If I just give you a gift, it's no strings attached. And that's what Jesus does. I'm going to give you my peace. No strings attached to it. You want it? Or not? It's a gift. There's a wonderful little poem that I came across. I love this. This is the third thing. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Isn't that brilliant? Third thing is this. It only comes through relationship with Jesus. The peace I leave with you, my peace, I do not give to you as the world gives. There's a peace that the world understands. Peace meaning the absence of war, the absence of friction, the absence of things. But the peace that Jesus talks about is a divine kind of peace. That it comes 
from God through Christ, that it's a gift of God, but it can only come if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the same as we talked last week about agape love. There are other kinds of love at work in our world because God created it. But there is something unique about the peace of Christ, that you have to know Christ to have access to that peace. If you don't know Christ, then it's not available. The disciples knew Jesus, and so they were able to receive it. They had that potential. But it only comes because of that relationship. Just as the sparrow and the robin said, why are they all running around? Well, maybe they haven't got the relationship. Maybe they don't know who their Heavenly Father is. That's why we just flutter about and don't stress. It comes through relationship. But it's also, and this is critical, it's not impacted by circumstance, but by trust in the sovereignty of God. Now, this is easy to say, hard to understand. Hard to understand as a reality in our lives. When situations arise in our lives where there are challenges, there are difficulties, we have choices. Put it this way. Think about the disciples when they were in that boat. You remember they were going over? Jesus was fast asleep. Big storm came up, right? Waves started to come over. Water started to fill the boat. They were ex expert fishermen, many of them. And there was this massive storm that came up and their little boat was getting tossed all over the place. And Jesus is snoring sweetly in the bow of the boat. In that moment, they have decisions to make. They start bailing the boat out and they start panicking. But they have a decision to make. Am I going to look at the circumstance or look at who I'm with? Because rationally, they could either think, you know what, we're going to drown here, guys. Jesus, everybody, we're all going to go down together to the watery grave. Or they could have thought, you know what? We have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in this boat. All we have to do is stick close to him. We ain't going nowhere. Because he's not going to drown, is he? I mean, he'd probably just float on the surface, wouldn't he? he seem to walk on water. I suppose he could just float. But the thing is, that the peace of Christ is not impacted. Why? Because it comes from the courtroom of heaven. Let me ask you a question. How much stress and anxiety do you think there is in heaven? None. I imagine heaven, I mean, I've not been there personally right yet. I'm on my way. But I imagine heaven is like... Well, I think it's like pre-fall Garden of Eden. I think that's why the picture's there, right? Adam and Eve, perfect relationship. Adam, perfect relationship with himself and Eve with herself. Perfect relationship with creation and perfect relationship with God. They're walking and just chit-chatting in the cool of the evening. Everything is in harmony, in balance. Everything is perfect. No stress. No anxiety. No worries. 
No thinking about, I wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow. I wonder if this is going to happen or this is going to happen. No even understanding of bad things or negative things. They were just at peace with themselves and with one another and with creation and with God. And then they ate the apple and it all fell apart. But you think about heaven, heaven which is the, the, the source of this peace. That is the peace that, that can come into our lives. That is the peace that God wants to bring to you. Just as he wants us to be connected, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So that way you can be a channel of his spirit, channel of the agape love of God. But also, he says, connect with me. Trust in the sovereignty of God. Trust that I, I'm going to look after you. Trust that I have the best for you. Trust that I will never leave you and I will not forsake you. Trust in the promises of God. And then my peace will be with you. Now the difficulty of that is that so often we look at the circumstances, right? When the doctor says, Oh, it's probably okay, but what happens? Your mind starts thinking. Could be this, could be that, could be anything. Wonder if it's spread to the brain. Maybe that's why I keep forgetting things. You know, and your stress starts rising up in you and you can't help it. Seems like. Why? Because in those moments you, you look at the circumstance and you don't trust in the sovereignty of God. It's a little bit like as a parent. When you when you had little children, remember with uh, Michael and Josiah, there were times, times where we put parameters on them, because it's not good for little children just to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it, right? I hate you, Dad. I hate you. I want to trade you in because my friend's dad's much better than you are. You're horrible. I hate you. Well, he didn't hate me, right? All I had to do was give him his next meal and he was quite happy. You know, like, but what was he saying? He's saying, I, I don't like the parameters you're putting on me. I don't like the limitations that you're giving to me. And sometimes, you know, like, why, why do we put them on then? Well, because they're good for him. You can't just let him do whatever he wants to do when he's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years of age, right? You, you guide them. You, you put those parameters so you nurture them down a channel that, where they can make a few decisions, but there are limits to the decisions they can make because some things are harmful. And they're not old enough yet. And you have to grow them and build them up. And it's the same way, I think, that God... We don't understand why God does certain things, right? I haven't figured it out. If anybody else has, they can come and take over right now. Right? I don't know why certain things happen or certain things don't happen. But in those moments, we have a choice to either trust in our own abilities and in the circumstance, or we trust in the promises of God. We serve a good, good Father. And one day I know I will stand before Him, and like Job, I won't be able to say anything because I will understand from a godly perspective what's going on in life. And it will be like, oh, I don't know how I didn't see it before. So obvious. And yet I was so blinded when I was here. Oh, 
okay, now I understand. Because I'll see things from an eternal perspective rather than a limited perspective. I'll see things in a different way. And you either trust in that or you trust in your circumstance. And you trust in your own abilities until they run out. And the peace that Christ gives you or can give you is one where you need to trust in the, or in the, in the sovereignty of God. Where he says to you, you have a choice right now. Are you going to trust in what you see and what you experience? Or are you going to just trust in what you know about who God is? And when you trust in what you know about who God is, you don't trust knowing that he's going to fix all the problems either. Because sometimes he doesn't. Not in the way we want them fixed. You just trust in his goodness and in his character and in who he is. And you just say, I don't know, God, honestly, I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what, how this is going to be resolved, if it's ever going to be resolved before I meet you face to face. I don't know. But I will still trust you because I know who you are. And you hang on to that. Sometimes like you're hanging on to a rope over the edge of a cliff, it feels like. But you have to do that if you want the peace of Christ in your heart. The disciples, when they were in that boat, you know, they started using their own strength. Got to bail it out. We got to bail it out. And it, more water was coming in than they were putting out. And we're going to sink. And what did Jesus do? He said, like, oh, boys, you guys, <laughs> hopeless. Just wind be still. Waves, calm down a bit. Guys, let me sleep. You know? You can see Jesus, can't you? Guys, did you not know you're with me? You're right next to me. How's anything, how's anything going to happen? Do you not know who I am? And so as we trust in the sovereignty of God, even when the waves are crashing over and the wind is blowing all around us, we say, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know why, but I'm with you. So somehow, in some way, at some kind of time, here or into eternity, everything will be cool. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Jesus said those words just before he knew what was going to happen with the cross and Gethsemane and the crucifixion, the whole works. He knew that the disciples' lives were going to be ripped to pieces. Everything that they thought they knew, every foundation they thought that they were standing on was just going to be pulled away from them. And he knew that the trouble that was going to come to them. So he said, I'm going to give you my peace. Take it, guys, because you're going to need it. And when you have my peace, when you stand on the sovereignty and the promises of God, even when you see the Messiah crucified on a cross, know that God is still in control. That these things are still happening according to the purposes of God in some way that you can't even comprehend. But that God in his power and his authority has everything under control. Don't let your hearts be troubled. 
Don't be afraid. So what is the peace of Christ then? Well, I think it's something like this. Firstly, the peace of Christ is in inner calm. It's, it's when, when everything around you is, it's like Jesus in that boat. Everything around you is waves and storms and, and chaos, but there is an inner calm within you that comes, that dominates your heart. So your character, who you are, is calm, is at peace in those moments. Because it's not driven by circumstance, it's driven by relationship. And also it guards your mind, the Word says. So that you're not stressing in your head, you're not thinking about every possible outcome. You're not, you're not worrying about, what is that lump? What, what's going to end up? What if this? What if that? What if the other? Your mind is guarded. The referee has put up a red card to all that nonsense. Send it off. Guard it. Keep within the parameters that, the sh that is not shaken, even in the fiercest storms of life. Why? Because it's rooted in heaven. You're connected to the peace that is in heaven. And it flows from heaven through Christ, through his spirit, into your life. That is the peace that Christ can give the peace of Christ. You ever experienced that? Where everything around you is chaotic, but actually in the midst of it, somehow, you're there, and you're going, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, but I know he's still on the throne, and he's still in charge. That's the peace of Christ. Let your peace of Christ rule your hearts. So secondly then, how, how do we let it rule? How does it rule my heart? Firstly, as I said before, it's a decision of the will. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. That means God gives you and me the, the decision. If you want to, you can struggle in your anxiety and your stress. You can use your own abilities. It will get you so far, but no further. Or as soon as those stress or that situation arises, you can say, Lord, I choose the peace of Christ. I want it to rule my heart right now. Lord, I need to make a decision. I need to continually make a decision. Say, peace of Christ, I receive you. Peace of Christ, I receive you. I receive you. I receive you. And we keep making that decision of the will to allow the peace of Christ into our hearts and into our lives. Secondly, in James 4, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The closer we get to the throne room of heaven, the more we'll have access to the peace of Christ. The problem with stress and everything else is it tends to captivate us and it tends to pull us away from heaven, doesn't it? We get wrapped up in our stresses. We wake up, we think about it. We think about it all day long. We go to bed thinking about these problems. And it, and it tends to take us away. Our, our, our mind is not switched on to the things of Christ like it was before. Instead, we need to draw near to God. We need to say, you know what? I'm not going to spend my time thinking about all this stress. I'm going to spend my time. I'm going to focus on God. Let me draw near to Him. Let me hang on to Him. 
You know, I would have thought those disciples in the boat when the winds and the wave was coming over, best thing to have done, let me just grab hold of Jesus. If he starts walking, he can hold me up. You know, whatever happens to him, I'm going to hold on to him. I'm not letting go. I'll just grab his garment and hang on, right? Because you know that he's going to be okay. Draw near to him. Hang on to him with everything that you got. And he will draw near, closer to you and reveal it in you. And then Philippians 4 says these amazing words. You probably know them really well. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Well, that was useless. Right, let's try that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Okay, 50-50. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. I'm going to say it again. Yes, good. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then what will happen? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Make a note of this passage, right? Whenever you're stressed, go to this passage. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Rejoice. What does it say we have to do first of all? It's a decision, draw near to God, and then what? Rejoice. Start singing, right? Start rejoicing. Start praising God. It's amazing what praise does, isn't it? Today was awesome, the worship today. Why? Because it doesn't matter what kind of week you've had, you come into the house and you start Lifting your praises up to God. And the worship band were, were leading us in such spirit-filled worship today that you can't help but being taken away from where you've been into the courts of heaven. It's awesome. That's what praise does. Just start singing. You got problems in your life, start singing. Start singing your favorite hymns and songs. Just start singing them. Don't care where, you know. You're driving in the car, shut the car, put the music on really loud, the worship CD or whatever on your, on your phone. Just start singing at the top of your voice. You look like a complete idiot, right? You've seen people. I've seen people. You're driving by them. They're there. Like, you're right. Heads going everywhere. Doesn't matter because you're praising God and rejoicing is so important. Sitting on the tube, that's happened to me once. I was sitting there, I was listening to praise music, and I was singing in my head. And then I had my eyes closed, and I'm just, you know, then I realized I'm singing out loud, and everybody's staring at me. But I'm singing praises to Jesus. I had to get out of the next station and wait for the next tube train, you know, because I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but, but just start singing, because it takes you out of yourself. And it, singing does two amazing things. Firstly... It reminds you of the promises of God, right? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. You know, morning by morning, new mercies I see all I, You know, your hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. You start singing those things. What happens? You're reminding yourself. You're reminding your spirit and your, the core of who you are about the promises of God. The character of God. Ah, God is faithful. So he's not going to let me down. Morning by morning, he gives me new mercies. 
Lord, I want some of those today. Give me those mercies. And as you start singing, second thing it does is it, it connects to the very core of who you are. Singing has this amazing way, you know, of, of, of not just your words, but your emotions and your heart and everything about you is connected to God. It opens up the insides of you. Rejoice, it says. And again, I say, rejoice. Keep doing it over and over again. And as you do that, the peace of Christ will start to invade into your heart. Secondly, it says, keep focusing on showing the love of God. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Keep being what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. One of the things that happens when we go through hard times is that we tend to close in on ourselves, right? We stop being the person God wants us to be. I don't want to see anybody. I'm going through a hard time. I just want to go home. I want to close the door. I want to go... I want to lie in bed. I don't want to get out of bed sometimes. I don't want to see anybody. Especially, I don't want to see anybody that's happy, right? When you're going through a hard time. Because that just irritates, doesn't it? So, so, but it's saying, no, just let your gentleness be evident to all. Let, let the character of who you are, who you are in Christ, just keep shining it out there. Keep doing the things that God has asked you to do. Even if you don't feel like doing it, just keep focusing on showing the love of God. Say, Lord, even though I'm struggling, I'm still a channel of your agape love. It doesn't say love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself, but only when you're feeling good about yourself. Only when you feel like it. It just says do it 24-7, seven days a week. doesn't matter. Keep doing it. Keep showing it. Fifthly, pray. It says, by prayer and petition, give, give, give that to God. Be honest to God about what's causing the, where the storm is. Just say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I want to vocalize it to you. I want to share it with you. You already know it. But Lord, I'm in this boat and I feel like I'm drowning. I know I'm not going to drown, but I feel like I'm drowning and it's hard. Lord, I want to give it to you. Cast all your burdens on him because he cares for you. Just keep sharing it with God. Be honest about it. Don't pretend it's not happening. Just share it with him. And then it says give thanks. Remember all the good things. All the blessings in your life. You know, as believers, we have so many blessings, don't we? Number one, I'm a believer doesn't matter what circumstances, I'm still going to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Number two, God loves me. He always has loved me. Before the world was created, he knew all about me. He knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you look in the mirror and say that to yourself? You know what? I might be a bit older, a few less hairs, but hey, I'm, I'm beautiful. Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Why? Because God says so. Even when my wife doesn't say so, God says so. So that, I'm beautiful. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. Because he says it. And he says, you know what? I love you so much that even before you sit or you, or you stand up, I know it. I'm watching you. It's like my eyes are on you. I'm looking at you 24-7. I'm protecting you while you're going to sleep. Before a word is spoken out of your mouth, I know it completely. Because I'm inside your brain. 
That's, that's how intimate I am with you. I know every single thought that you have, every single desire that you have, and you know what? I love you to pieces. I know every single struggle that you have, and I love you to pieces anyway. I know all the potential that you have because I placed it in you before you were born, and I want to release that into your life because I want you to be so blessed. Give thanks to God. He's given us so, so much. And sometimes when the troubles come, what happens? We just focus on the negative stuff, and we forget the thousands of blessings that God has given us. He's given us one another. That's kind of a blessing, isn't it? I'll let you decide the answer to that question. I know there was a polite silence there. But he's given us his family of the church. You know, he's given us friends. He's given us people who will pray for us. He's given us community together. He's given us so much. Give thanks for all the good things in your life. How do you let the peace of Christ rule your life? Six things. Make a decision and say, Lord, I want the, your peace. It's, it's a gift that you're going to give to me. I'm going to claim the gift. I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to keep focusing. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to keep focusing on drawing closer and closer to you. I'm going to sing your praises day and night. In fact, the worse things get around me, the more I'm going to be singing. Right? The more time. So the deeper I go, the more I'm going to praise you. People will think I'm crazy. I don't care. I'm going to keep on praising you. Keep focusing on just doing the things that God has asked you to do. Don't withdraw from them. From them. Just keep on. God, I might feel like I'm in a real bad position, but you can still use me. You will still flow your Holy Spirit through me. You know, sometimes, sometimes when I've had a really bad week and I stand up here on Sundays and I think, oh man, Lord, like, it's been terrible. I feel terrible. How are you going to use me today? How are you going to flow today? And I come away and I'm like, thank goodness that's done. Let's hope it's better next week. And then people start coming up and saying, thank you so much. That really spoke to me today. And I'm like, oh God, you're so irritating. You know what I mean? Like, even when you're going through the valley of shadow, when you feel terrible, God is so much bigger that He carries on using you. Even when you don't even recognize it yourself, He's flowing through you into other people. That's how great God is. And you keep on just doing the things, He will keep flowing through you. He honors that. Keep praying. And keep giving thanks to God. And one last thing. Why is peace so important? Why is this so important? Why does God keep talking about it? Why does the Bible keep speaking about it? I'm going to show you a really short video in a second. Which kind of answers that question. But let me answer it first before you see the video. Someone likened us to a flower. You know when a flower comes up, it comes up as a little bud, and then the sun comes out, and what happens? It starts to open and shine. 
And then you see the beauty. You know, God has said trouble will come in life. But hey, I've overcome the world. But he says, you know what? I'm going to give you my peace. Why? Because I want you to keep shining. I want you to keep being that beautiful flower I created you to be. I don't want the stresses of this world to close you up so that you're not shining for anybody else. I want you to keep showing that beauty. I'm going to show you a video, simple little video. But as I do it, I want you to think for yourself today. Where are you shining? Are you shining? Are you going through a hard time right now? There are stresses in your life. And maybe because of those stresses you've closed up, that self-preservation kicks in. And you're not flowering, you're not shining as you should. Then as you see the video, ask God those six things. Lord, help me. I want to shine for you. I want to be who you created me to be in all my beauty. The beauty that you gave me. And as you see these beautiful flowers, see yourself. And ask God to release that in you today. said let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts because we were called to peace Father we thank you for sending Jesus Christ he is our peace who has broken down every wall he is the peace Jesus said my peace I leave with you my peace I give to you and so, Lord, we reach out to you right now. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Lord, we draw near to you right now. And we ask that you would pour your peace into us and through us into our brother or sister right now. Touch their heart. Touch the core. Guard their heart. Guard their mind with your peace. Flow through us, Lord, into them. Use us as your instruments. And Lord, we re receive your peace. This morning we decide and we say yes to your peace. For those moments where we've been struggling, thinking we can handle things in our own strength, forgive us. 
Fill us with your peace, the peace of God which passes all understanding. May it guard our hearts and our thoughts in Christ Jesus. So whatever we're facing this week, we know you are in control. We know your love for us never ceases. We know great is thy faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your blessing. And Lord, we give to you right now all our stress, all the storms around us, in families, in our workplaces, in relationships, in ourselves. We release it to you, Lord. We thank you. We lift ourselves to you, Lord. And we lift our brother and sister. In the name of Christ, amen.